This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I knew this would get people fired up on our Facebook page, Jim. Story out of Orangeville, Ontario. Woman took her car in to get the alternator replaced, right? Yeah. At a uh, dealership. And while her car was parked at the dealership, somebody stole the catalytic converter off her car and a number of vehicles. This is a bit of an epidemic Mm -hmm. right now. People will get under the car, they'll cut out the catalytic converter and go sell it for scrap. So uh, she got the call. It's like, hey, uh, your catalytic converter's been stolen. We're going to have to replace it from the dealership. She's like, okay, cool. Say, this is what it's going to cost. It's a cost. It's a cost. So you guys, aren't you replacing it? It, I gave my car to you. You were responsible for it. Mm -hmm. Got stolen under your watch, but the dealership's saying, no, you got to go through your insurance. And what are the comments uh, from Taz and Jim listeners about this saying? Uh, Ashley says, if it happened on their property, the dealership should cover the cost of the theft. Jason says, auto shops are responsible for your vehicle while they have it. If it is left outside on the lot and not in a compound or inside the shop, then the shop should be covering the cost for any damage. Uh, Gordon says, why doesn't the dealership's insurance cover it? Um, yeah, that's true. You'd think the the dealership would have an insurance policy that covers damage to any vehicles on their lot, especially if they have vehicles that they were trying to sell where the catalytic converters got cut out. Yeah, because like, the, the, the insurance should cover both, anything would, that's yeah, on the lot. Yeah, it would be a no-brainer yeah. for them to have insurance to cover the cars that are sitting on their lot that belong to the dealership. So why wouldn't that cover... Every car on the lot. Uh, Because of people like Steve. Because Steve says that is 100% the car owner's insurance claim, not the dealership's responsibility at all. Uh, Bobby says, by everyone's logic, if you parked your car at any store or any business overnight, it would be the business's responsibility to pay for it? (laughs) Haha, no. That's why you have insurance. The difference is, if you park outside of Staples, Staples has nothing to do with your car. You park your car, or you, sorry, hand over the keys to the dealership, they park your car in their lot, and are responsibility for looking after it and making sure it's safe. Let's put it this way. If you drop, because you bring up Staples, if you dropped off uh, your computer to be fixed at a computer repair place. Or somebody broke in. Somebody broke in and stole your computer. Uh, sorry, you're going to have to go through your insurance. It's like, hold on a second. No, computer was stolen while it was at your store. Yeah. You're giving me a new computer. Exactly. You know what? (laughs) I'm kind of surprised. There's a lot of people defending the dealership. Maybe they're just playing devil's advocate, but, uh, I I thought this would be almost like 99% on the side of the lady. How about this one? Remember I lent my brother-in-law a suit. I lent him a suit because he was going to a job interview. And he took the suit afterwards, trying to be a nice guy. Hey, I'll get it dry cleaned before I return it to Taz. Well, the suit was at the dry cleaners. Hmm. There was a massive fire, and the plaza with the dry cleaners in it burnt down. I remember this is a while ago. Yeah. So, do I have to file a claim with my insurance to get? A, a new suit, or should the dry cleaner's insurance pay for my suit? Or your brother. My brother-in-law definitely has done nothing about it. <laughs> See? What the heck? <laughs> and I'm down a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think the bottom line, I think this is the best comment. Uh, whether or not it's their responsibility or not, 
the dealership should pay so stories like this don't go viral and harm their business. I, and that may be a tough pill to swallow, but I think it may be the most true. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Last night in London, Sting performed. Wondering how the show was. Michael is on the line. Did you have a good time, Michael? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife and I went to the show. Uh, we had a great time, Taz, yeah. And you say you're just happy that your wife left with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we, we decided to treat ourselves a few years ago to the Junos. Right. Uh, that were here in London, and Sting made that surprise appearance. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, my wife was able to recognize him with the lights off. She's like, I think that's Sting, like in the shadows, like just backlit. <laughs> so she's, she's, she's got a bit, uh, a bit of a Sting thing going on. <laughs> yeah, and we're all the way back in the, like the 109, like the back section for the Junos. We're the same section for the show, and <laughs> she still recognized just the outline of the man. So, yes, I am very glad that uh, she came home with me. Well, that's what I noticed here. Uh, uh, one of our listeners, Mitch, posted some videos, and it looked like he had great seats here, almost in the front row. But just looking at this man, he's 70 years old, and I don't know if there's a better-looking 70-year-old man on the planet. I'll say it. He is in incredible shape. Like we guys, we gotta all start doing yoga on a daily basis. More than yoga, bud. <laughs> yeah, you, you can see his biceps from the back. I tell you, playing yeah. that bass guitar. Well, it was uh, sun's out, guns out. He didn't have any sleeves, right? <laughs> yeah, he was the desert rose. <laughs> he was the desert rose. He's away, away, away. He definitely looks good, but are you that impressed? I mean, this guy, he's got personal chef, personal trainer, probably a cosmetic surgeon, all the money oh, in the world. Oh, come on. Give H-C-H. him some credit. I am giving him some credit, but it, I mean, no. If I, if I saw a guy who was driving a city bus who looked like that or a mailman who was 70 and he was still looking that good, I'd be like, dude, what is your secret? How did you do this? But I know what Sting's uh-huh. secret is. Millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from him. genetics. He's got good genetics, too. His son was the opening app, Joseph Sumner. Yeah. And even his son has the, the looks and the voice. Yeah, so yeah. definitely something in the water. Wherever, a perfect storm. Wherever <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jimmy, let's get back to this. You're not impressed if somebody who's rich is good-looking when they're old. I'm less impressed. Far less impressed. Because it's more work to stay good-looking and in good shape when you don't have millions of dollars. Yes. You don't I have mean, the personal chef, the masseuse. The vampire facials, the stem cell, all the stuff that the rich people, the blood transfusions with young people's bloods. <laughs> bloods, plural. <laughs> now, we should make it clear. We don't know if Sting does any of that. But in general, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm less impressed. They just have the means. But if I just saw a guy at a patio, I would, I, I, what do you do for a living? Ah, I have a plumber. And he was good looking. I'd be like, okay. that's impressive. If, if your, your toilet breaks, plumber shows up. He says, hey, my name's Gordon. I'm 70 years old. I'm your plumber. <laughs> and he looks like Sting. He's got the, the plumber uh, uh, coveralls on, sure, sure. sleeveless. I say, yeah, yeah. I say, <laughs> wait here. I come back to the door with a bathrobe on. <laughs> but you would be impressed if a plumber that looked like Sting, who was seventy, showed up at your house. Then you would you would be yes. on board. Like he's. Can you not Here, give him credit? Thing, no, Do you agree know, he looks great for yes, a seventy-year-old? I said year old. that already. And also, there's a lot of rich seventy-year-olds who look way worse than Sting, and they're way richer. Yeah. So, yeah. but I'm just saying, you have to put it all in context. 
I Good think look. I think Jim, you just wrote your uh, your first triple X movie plot right there. <laughs> <laughs> the Sting yeah. Fling Whoa. with Jim Kelly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a lucky lady. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michael, tell your wife what Jim said. It's not impressive yeah. that Sting is so good looking. And I'll make sure I report a, a picture of me when I turn 70. <laughs> there you go. We'll share pictures when we're 70. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We are two weeks away from the release of the new album from Ozzy Osbourne, Patient Number 9. Title track featuring Jeff Beck on guitar. Tons of guests on the album, including Eric Clapton. You got uh, Chad from the Red Hot Chili Peppers playing drums. The list is, is a long one. Ozzy teams up with his Black Sabbath bandmate, Tony Iommi, on a track, and it has just dropped today. You can find it on YouTube, on Ozzy's social media. He's posted all about it. You know who that is playing the harmonica on this track, Jim? John Popper. No. Oh. No, it's the horse that told Ozzy to F off when he was on 10 Hits of Acid. (laughs) That's a talented horse. (laughs) Big lips around the harmonica. (laughs) Degradation Rules is the name of the track with Tony Iommi on the uh, the new Ozzy album. That story is, that's got to be my favorite of the week. (laughs) Ozzy talking about the last time he did acid. Mm -hmm. He was in a field talking to a horse for an hour. I wonder if there was even a horse there. Like You could see your dog and it could talk to you, but I wonder if there was even a horse in that field at all. Ten hits of acid. There's a good chance there wasn't a horse. I don't trust anything. Maybe it was a bird. I don't know. Maybe it was a human. But eventually the horse told Ozzy, F off. (laughs) And he's like, well, I'm never doing acid again. <laughs> That's the line, huh? Mm. <laughs> he, he, he outwore his welcome with a horse and <laughs> decided maybe it was a good idea to... to stop doing the tabs. Yeah, I feel like that's the, uh, the reason a lot of people would do that, to try to talk to animals. You know, well, I guess Dr. unless they turn situation, on you. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that was it. He's like, okay, the horse is telling me to F off this time. If I keep doing acid, what's he going to say to me next time? Oh, man. Was he going to get, get in a fist fight with me? Yeah. Do the big kick buck thing they, you right. know, with the steel uh, horseshoes? No thanks. He took it as a warning. Yeah. Yeah, I better stay Give away. that horse some, some space. Stay away from horse conversations for the rest <laughs> of my life. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Boy, Jim, was I nervous yesterday. We were sitting in the studio and Judy, who's basically our office manager, came in and said, Taz, before you leave today, I need to sit down and talk to you. And then you're like, <laughs> it's like being called to the principal's mm-hmm. office. And I'm like, oh no, what is what is this all about? And I, I got into Judy's office, I sat down, and she slid a piece of paper across the desk. Red light camera system offense notice. <laughs> Uh-oh. A Taz and Jim vehicle was spotted in Hamilton, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Going through a red light 
July, 25th of July, 2022, 5.20 p.m., Judy did a little research and found it was me driving the vehicle at that time. Who was riding shotgun, though, accomplice? What accomplice? (laughs) Jim told me to run the red. (laughs) There's no reds in Hamilton. Oh, man. We've been on the air in Hamilton on Y108 for a couple years, but because of the pandemic, we really haven't gotten to know the city as well as we want to. And I'm not making excuses here, but we were leaving the Y108 studios. Uh, we had just been visiting with her friend Brian West, mm-hmm. and we were looking to get on the 403. Uh, we had the directions down, <laughs> and at the corner of Main Street West and Dundurn Street South, apparently I went through the red. It says, the photographs taken by the red light camera system show the vehicle approaching the intersection, at which time the signal had displayed a red for... One second. So I just... Yeah, just missed it. So, wait, does it show? Like, it shows a picture, or what do you have? There's three pictures Whoa. on the ticket. And then it magnifies closer each <laughs> one until it's on the license plate. And look, there's the license plate, and right next to it, Taz and Jim. Hard to deny. I mean, do you even <laughs> yeah. need a license plate? Says our name <laughs> right on the vehicle. Well, I'm glad you were driving, because I don't remember who was driving that day, but... Uh... I'm glad it wasn't me. Do, wait, do I have to split it with you? $325. $325. Wait, wait. So did Judy say this is the company our does, responsibility? Yes, the company. No, it's in my... I was driving. I'm not going to make you pay for it. Because oh, it's weird because it's a one-way street, that one. Main you know, Street is I one way. We were, yeah, we yeah. were turning And then left. you turn left. And I know what you're thinking. You can turn left from a one-way street onto another one-way street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is legal in Ontario. Almost like a reverse red, a right turn on a red. Yeah, Right, but you cannot turn left on a one-way street onto a two-way street. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Has anyone ever fought one of these? There's three options. Plea of guilty, a voluntary payment of total payable, so I just pay the ticket. There's early resolution, meet with a prosecutor. I think that's you try and uh, give them a sob story and get yeah. the, the, the fine dropped a little bit. Or you can fight it in court. What do you think your angle would be? <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know if we have much of a leg to stand on here. There's photographic <laughs> evidence with a red light in the top corner. And our names yeah. printed across the back of the vehicle. Hmm. Maybe I should I send uh, an email to Mayor Fred and <laughs> tell him tell him that we'll say great things about him during no, campaign season yeah. or threaten him. him or should threaten I him. threaten or bribe <laughs> the mayor to try and get out of the ticket or the shot? Three twenty five. I guess you know you got to stop preventing people from blowing the reds, of course. But uh, I it, think that was an honest deterrent. mistake. I was there. I didn't even notice. One one second. Uh-huh. We we missed it by a second. If you get your front wheels into that intersection on the yellow, you're good. Yeah. Right? Hmm. I, so what I've learned from this is I should have been going faster. <laughs> I got a, a red light camera ticket sent to the radio station driving the Taz and Jim vehicle through the streets of Hamilton. Right at the corner of Main Street West and, and Dundurn Street South, right near the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to pay it. The company is not covering this one for us, Jim. Darn it. $325 ticket. Mm. One second 
The light had been red. Have you ever got a red light ticket before? No, I've Me never neither. received a, a speeding, like the, mm-hmm. the photo, the uh, photo radar. radar stuff. Mm-hmm. Never, never gotten a ticket like this. But, you know, there are three pictures here of the vehicle I was driving going into the intersection. <laughs> you could see the light is red in the picture. Boy, yeah, red-handed here. <laughs> um, but there are some options. On the back of this thing, different ways you can deal with it. I'm wondering if it's worth it. Do you just pay the ticket or do you try to fight it? Hey, Taz and Jim. Hey, I was just uh, listening. I've gotten a speeding t- or not speeding ticket, a red light camera ticket. Yeah. And I was 1.7 seconds, but I called them and they reduced it to half price. All you had to do was call. That's all I had to do was call. Was it the city of Hamilton? Oh, it was City of London. Okay. So what did they say? Did they just say, ah, you called ahead, so we'll give you a break? Or did they say, I guess it was only 1.7 seconds, so it wasn't that bad? Or what? how did they justify it? They just said, uh, if you plead guilty right now with us, uh, we'll re- give you 50%. Like, uh, we'll reduce it half price. That's not bad. Yeah. Worth a shot, I guess. Another call here. Hey, who's this? It's Tony. Tony. <laughs> Are you in the hammer? Yes, I am. You ever get one of these red light tickets, Tony? I didn't, but my wife did. And I was like, what the? And uh, <laughs> she actually, and it was that Christmas time, so even she even tried fighting and going, it's Christmas. I was following my mom and this and that and that and this. And she still lost. Uh, so she tried so to straight did. up fight it, though. She went to court. Yeah. No, no, she didn't go to court. She did the uh, one where you just go down and talk to them. Yeah, the option two. Yeah, they'll be like the person yeah, behind the glass. Early yeah, resolution. Yeah. And, and and they didn't knock anything off the uh, the fine. Not not a dollar off. Not nothing. They just went. Proof is right there. Like they were like they even said, "What if a child was crossing the road?" Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't yeah. have done it. Oh. Yeah, you know, oh. one second oh. is one second, but a red light's a red light. It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Fred's not running no more for the in the Anders election right now. Maybe he'll give you his going out of uh, yeah, l- like when Trump pardon. pardoned all those <laughs> yeah, people. Sure. He, so maybe Fred well, Eisenberger can give me. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, uh, what was your reaction? Like, I, that's always fun when you get the uh, the ticket in the mail, and initially you're not sure if it was you, and then you figure out it was your wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We knew it was the wife right off the bat because it was nighttime and the big flash went off behind her. Oh, so she... Oh, you remember it happening. She, she was like, oh, I think I just got this this red light yeah, ticket yeah. in the yeah, moment. she got home and she's like, I think I got a red light ticket because there was a big flash after I went through the light tracing my mom. Oh. And I was like, oh, for bloody... Like, your mother cost us another 320 but Like, what the fuck? Another 320 <laughs> It's always the mother-in-law's fault. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Tesla owner had his key implanted under his skin? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> this is a guy in Detroit. He was tired of carrying his digital Tesla key around. So, a lot of cars have that feature where you have to tap the door or if you have the fob close enough to the door it'll open you can start the car and then you don't have to put the key in the ignition just hit the start button yeah so apparently this guy uh, thought he'd take the microchip out of his tesla key implant it under his skin in his hand and it works (laughs) once the swelling went down i mean how many times do you have to lose your keys to think this is a good idea (laughs) 
He didn't go see a doctor to have the procedure done either. A place that does piercings did it for him. The chip cost $300. They only charged him $100 to implant it in his hand. Is there a techno... I wonder... There must already be a piercing that exists that's kind of like that. Like, you ever see those guys, they have the piercings on their scalp and it gives them either spikes on their head or like horns or something like that? Yeah. Because if you put something under the skin, like when you get a sliver, your skin naturally pushes it out and forces it out. So I, like, I, I wonder what kind of trick they're pulling to, ma- to make sure the body doesn't reject it. Well, it's whatever it is, it's working. He, uh, he got the Tesla key implanted in his right hand because Brandon already has a digital key to his house implanted in his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if he loses his hands? <laughs> he says it's cool. He never has to remember his keys. He can't lose them. Yeah, I don't really, I don't see a huge downside. I guess every time he buys a new one, he has to get it re-implanted. It's kind of creepy, though, the way we're going. Yeah. And then they got like the Elon Musk, speaking of Tesla, the Neuralink, and it puts the chip right in your brain and you can control gadgets using that thing eventually. It's It's moving so fast. The technology is just evolving so quickly. Like I remember I had a buddy who used to lose his keys all the time back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And his only option was to uh, get his nipple pierced. <laughs> Hang his keys off of that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a wallet chain, so he <laughs> can extend let, it in. Let me open the car. <laughs> lift his shirt up. Jingle jangle. Boy, this is hard in the winter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Get out there and take your dog for a walk. It is National Dog Day today, Jim. Mm-hmm. The dog day of summer, <laughs> as they say. As they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you go. Uh, you walk both dogs at the same time? Will they yeah. behave if you do that? No, it sucks. It's a struggle. I, I, it's my fault, I guess, for not really training them that well, but uh, it's, a, it's a dual leash, so they're both on at the same time. And there's a thing called a halty, and it kind of goes around their snout and then attaches to the leash, so they, they don't like pulling on their neck, so it like pulls their head to the side, so it doesn't hurt them. It just makes them like not be able to pull on your leash. But then they're like sliding their face along the grass because it itches. And so instead of pulling now, they're like, they hate it. So it's just, oh, it's so annoying, honestly. So will you take them for like one at a time for no, a walk? No, it's because it just takes too long. So like it takes about 20 minutes till they kind of calm down, get the energy out, and then they'll walk normally. But the first 20 minutes of like an hour walk, not fun. Is there any jealousy issues since you got... Murphy, you got Bruce is your older black lab, and then Murphy is your red lab, who mm-hmm. is was the puppy. Is there? Are they still getting along? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I yeah, I mean, if you're petting one, the other one always runs into the room. Like they can hear their collar jingle or something like that. Or you go, yeah. oh, you go, then they'll run in for sure. So they don't like to be left out, but uh, mm-hmm. still buds, best buds. Yeah, I mean, hearing you talk about your dogs, there's a lot of similarities with having kids. Mm-hmm. If you're giving one kid attention, the other one, it's like a spidey sense. They know. Oh, totally. If you're giving something to one kid, you better have one for the other kid as well. Yeah, but yeah, try giving one treat to one dog and then look at the other one. It'll be like, what? <laughs> oh, it tries to like make sense of it all and they get the sad eyes going. He hates me. <laughs> My owner hates me. Jim hates me. (laughs) I guess it's back to the pound for me. (laughs) Sounds like the Aussie horse. (laughs) Aussie, (laughs) Aussie, why don't you F off? (laughs) 
Uh, enjoy National Dog Day. One of the main goals of today, apparently, is to raise awareness for dogs that need to be rescued. So if you've been thinking about it, if you're looking for a dog, maybe do the Google search today and uh, do a little more reconnaissance into whether or not it's right for you. But make sure you're going to give that thing a great home. You're not giving treats to only one dog, making the other one jealous like some people here. No, I still do. I can't say no after seeing those eyes. Impressions. It's worst impressions. Here we go. Worst impressions. Voices.com did a uh, survey to see which are the most recognizable voices in animated TV and movies? Which characters are the most recognizable? We've got three contestants lined up here. Each of them going to do a different impression for you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see if you can figure out who it is, and then you are also going to judge who does the best impression of their character, okay? okay. Leave the room for oh, a second, gotcha. and we'll get our first character. I uh, don't want you to hear this. But uh, the third most recognizable animated character, apparently, is Homer Simpson. Sean, are you there? Hey, Taz. What's going on this morning? Not a bad Homer Simpson. You're ready to go? You're going to be Homer here. Let's do this. Okay. Come on back in, Jim. This is Sean, Jim. Uh, Ask him a few questions, and he'll answer in character. Sean, how are you this morning? I'm quite well. Uh, who have I got here, Jim? Jim, yeah. Oh, indubitably. <laughs> okay, what do you do for fun, Sean? Uh, well, I like to start my mornings with a couple of warm donuts and end the day off with a couple of cold beers. Mmm, beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? When you said it indubitably, I knew I love that. It's Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. Yes. Well done, buddy. Very good, Sean. Okay, so leave again here. Leave again. Next up, we've got Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, what's up, Doc? Or should I say Bugs Bunny, number two on the list. You are Bugs Bunny, Jordan. Come on in, Jim. Hold on, he's let let Jim sit down. Okay. God. Say hi to Jordan. He's having trouble. He doesn't know how long he can maintain this. (laughs) Jordan, how are you today? Good, how are you? What's up, Doc? (laughs) 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 Who could it possibly be? (laughs) Ah you know what? Why boy beat around the bush? It's Bugs Bunny, isn't it? It's Bugs Bunny. Okay. Well, hold on. We got an issue here. Uh-oh, no. We've got an issue. I think our first two guys were so good that Dennis, our third contestant, got nervous and hung up. Okay. I mean, so pretty good. why don't you leave the room? I'll okay. tell everybody who I'm going to impersonate, oh. and then we'll see if I can do an impression of, of the number one, apparently, most recognizable voice in uh, TV and movie animated characters. Yogi Bear. I'm going to impersonate Yogi Bear. Come back in, Jim. Come on. Morning, Taz. Well, hello there. <laughs> How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, what do you, what do you, what's, uh, what's your favorite food? Anything from a picnic basket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was either Fred, Fred Flintstone or Yogi Bear, but I think we got a little Yogi, Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear, all right. <laughs> 
I can't win the prize. But okay. Yogi Bear, that's kind of surprising. That he was is number one? Number one most recognizable uh, voice in animated movie and TV characters. Above Bugs Bunny. Or Bugs even Bugs Homer Bunny. Simpson. Homer Simpson. Uh, Yogi. The, the rest of the top five, you had... Number four was Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Number five was Mickey Mouse. I'm surprised Mickey was fifth on the list. Power rankings have fallen. Holy cow. Absolutely. Okay, so now you've got to decide who is the winner of the lotto tickets. Is it Homer Simpson or Bugs Bunny? See, I, got, I think, I mean, they're both good. I got them right away, but I think I got to give it to Homer Simpson because all I heard was, what's up, Doc? Uh, it was fine, but I think you the think Homer was more bang on. Jordan had an and it's a harder, harder one to do. I will give it to Sean. He didn't. He didn't pander. He didn't go right for dough or I hate Ned Flanders or something. Right, I mean, he right. got into the um beer, but hey, Sean. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Homer. Congratulations, buddy. You got a hundred dollars in Lotto Max tickets. Let us know if you win thirty-one million dollars tonight. Okay. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.